If you travel, you know how to really go off the grid. Like no cell service in your room, off the grid. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths, sound baths, and ice baths. Because when you set up your out-of-office, you mean it. Because when you're the escape artist, vacation is all about resting, meditating, drinking water, and minding your own businessing. The Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back. This is Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Today, we'll tackle toxic masculinity, which is best described as a box. It's narrow, rigid, and men have to contort themselves to fit inside it. But toxic masculinity doesn't just stifle men. It limits us all. So whether you are a man, love a man, or are raising a small person who will someday be a man, it pays to review the rules of the toxic masculinity game and decide whether you think it's time for a rewrite. Because these rules are strict and seem better suited for an Easter Island statue than a human. Some of them include suffer pain in silence, have no needs, don't depend on anyone, don't do anything that could be construed as weakness, never lose, never snitch, and show no emotions other than bravado or rage. And according to the rules, if you don't fit in the man box, you pay the price. At best, you risk invisibility. And at worst, you risk disrespect, bullying, or even violence. Now, unsurprisingly, this scramble for dominance and denial of emotion comes at great cost. Toxic masculinity makes aggression look like a reasonable way to solve problems, which in turn drives domestic and sexual violence. Drug and alcohol abuse become go-to methods to drown out feelings. And because toxic masculinity forbids asking for help, it rules out going to the doctor or the ultimate no-no, a mental health professional. Toxic masculinity even invades life's small pleasures. To paraphrase the comedian Bill Burr, the man box means you can't admit a baby is cute, hug a puppy, say you want a cookie, order banana pancakes, or carry an umbrella in the rain. Get those shoulders up. Now, there is a difference between traditional masculinity and toxic masculinity. There is nothing toxic about working hard to provide for your family, being loyal to friends, or drafting a star quarterback into your fantasy football league. Most importantly, there's nothing toxic about wanting to be respected. All humans want to feel respected. We all want to know that we're valued, recognized, and affirmed. And while there's nothing toxic about wanting respect, taking desperate and extreme measures to force what looks like respect, but is actually fear, is a direct result of the toxic masculinity rules. The consequence? A system that hurts everyone, including the men who ascribe to it and the boys who are taught it. So, how to do away with the man box? Well, that is a bigger order than a 15-minute podcast can handle, but here are four places to start. 
Tip number one is offer a reality check regarding what's normal. In a study in the journal Sex Roles, researchers asked a group of male college students to rate how much they agreed with certain statements about women, like women are too easily offended, or women are usually sweet until they've caught a man, but then they let their true self show. Next, the men were asked the same questions again, but were instructed to rate the beliefs of, quote, the average man in the room. Now, this and other work has found that men consistently overestimate the sexism of other men. They engage in what's called pluralistic ignorance, which is the assumption that their attitudes are in the minority, when in fact, they're in the majority. So to give another example, a college student may feel pressured to binge drink because they perceive that everyone does, but in fact, a majority don't. Now, in the case of sexist attitudes, if a man assumed he's surrounded by men who are more sexist than he is, he's less likely to speak up when he witnesses sexist behavior and more likely to silently and uncomfortably return the high five his buddy offers. And the result? Pluralistic ignorance gets reinforced. Okay, so let's go back to the study. After all the questionnaires were answered, half the men got no feedback, while the other half were told about the discrepancies and briefed on what was actually the norm. After three weeks, everyone filled out the questionnaires again. And what happened? The group that got the feedback had a more accurate view of where most men stood. The take-home? Recalibrating attitudes is possible and could increase speaking up against harassment, rude jokes, or asking a female colleague to get the coffee. Tip number two is be vocal about opting out of the man box. Men who need the most help are often the least likely to seek it out, a phenomenon known as double jeopardy. But in a series of studies, when men perceived that their male friends and relatives sought help and made healthy choices, they were more likely to do the same. From drinking and driving, to smoking, to using condoms, the results held. And in short, when men see social proof in other men, it gives them permission to be healthy too. Therefore, when a man defies the box, it's important to be vocal about opting out. When a man rejects suffering in silence, he becomes a role model and paves the way for other men to get help and be healthy, especially those who need it most. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Tip number three, make it clear that any activity is manly if a man is passionate about it. While there's nothing inherently wrong with the urge to mow the lawn after watching a rom-com, it is a sign that some activities are okay or not okay for, quote, real men to engage in. Toxic masculinity takes this a step further and draws a bright line. It says that some activities are manly, think woodworking, football, or MMA, and therefore acceptable, but others are absolutely not. Now, doing an activity not on the man card approved list not only sparks insecurity and doubt, but also drives many men to compensate when they feel their masculinity is threatened. It's another way of keeping men in the man box. So for example, a fascinating study out of Taiwan looked at the link between masculine activities and energy drinks, with names like Venom, Full Throttle, and I am not making this up, Balls, energy drinks are directly targeted to young men looking to up their manliness. 
So in the study, nearly 100 undergrad men filled out a questionnaire about favorite activities, all of which were deliberately gender neutral, like going on Facebook, traveling, or drinking coffee. Next, the men were given one of three types of bogus feedback. They were told that their activities of choice scored high on masculinity, low on masculinity, or they were given no feedback at all, thus creating three conditions where masculinity was affirmed, threatened, or remained neutral. Then, each man ostensibly took part in an energy drink taste test. They were told they could drink as much as they wanted of two different energy drink flavors in order to establish a preference. And what happened? The men whose masculinity had been threatened drank significantly more than those whose masculinity was affirmed or left alone. Now, this masculinity push-down pop-up effect isn't necessarily destructive, especially when your worst-case scenario is swigging too much caffeine and having to pee in the middle of your snowboarding run or BMX race. But compensation is problematic when the consequences are dire. Mass shootings, domestic violence, and other extreme methods of defending your man card. Therefore, question the very idea of manly versus non-manly activities and teach boys that any activity they are passionate about is man enough. And if they do feel the need to affirm their masculinity, encourage them to do so in ways that build themselves up without tearing others down. And I'll let you choose if that includes drinking something called balls. Tip number four, encourage multiple roles and relationships. Men's lives are too often built like an upside-down pyramid. Because toxic masculinity says that men are not allowed to have close relationships with anyone besides a wife, they often put all their eggs in one relationship basket. Likewise, toxic masculinity limits men's role to that of a provider, so a job becomes their identity. Therefore, when layoffs, unemployment, or divorce rolls around, the upside-down pyramid crumbles around them. But when men expand their roles, everyone benefits. For instance, father involvement improves kids' lives in so many ways. Kids who spend time with their fathers and get emotional support from them have lower delinquency, less depression, and even higher life satisfaction. Everyone wins when men build strong ties with family, friends, and community. All in all, toxic masculinity hurts us all. So remember, not as many men ascribe to the strictures of the man box as we'd believe, any activity a man does is inherently manly, broadcast widely whenever the man box is defied, and encourage a broad range of roles and relationships for all men. Everyone will benefit. And after all, who doesn't want to hug a puppy? If Savvy Psychologist has been helpful to you, please do me a favor and review the podcast wherever you like to listen. You can do it right now, right from your phone. You can write a few words or forget all that and just leave a star rating. It takes a few seconds and it helps new listeners know what to expect and helps me keep the show going and growing. This week, we say goodbye to interim editor Beata Santora, who steadied the ship through recent waves, and we extend a big welcome to our brand new editor, Karen Hertzberg. Thank you, Beata, and welcome, Karen. The show is audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg, and as always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you so much for listening and reviewing, and I will see you next week for a happier, healthier mind.
Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called The Anxiety Coaches Podcast, where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen.